Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Why don't you take your Bibles this morning and turn to Luke chapter 9. We're in verses 10 through 17 as we think about Jesus being enough. Jesus being enough. Beginning with verse 10, it says, On their return, the apostles told him all they had done. And he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. And when the crowds learned it, they followed him. And he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. He said to them, You give them something to eat. (laughs) And they said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. And they said that because there were at least 5,000 men and most likely as many women and children. And Jesus said to them, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up, twelve baskets of broken pieces. So we've just read this account. And uh, a little bit about the backstory here. We know that Jesus has spent an extended period of time doing ministry in the Galilee region. And the Galilee region was mostly populated by Jews. Not exclusively, but mostly The Galilee region is where Jesus grew up. It was the location of Capernaum, which was the city that Jesus had selected as his home base for his ministry once it began. It was the place from which he read from the prophet Isaiah, declaring to his family and friends in the village of Nazareth that he was the fulfillment of that prophecy. Yes, he was saying to them, I am the promised Messiah. In Galilee, He performed many miracles, he shared many teachings, and he called 12 men to become his disciples there. But his Galilean ministry was quickly coming to a close. In fact, the miracle that we see today, the feeding of the 5,000, would be the last act of ministry that he would perform there before transitioning to the Gentile territories of Tyre, Sidon, and Decapolis. Although this was Jesus' last miracle in the Galilee region... We find that it was so monumental that the people wanted to take Jesus and make him king. John chapter 6, verse 15. In fact, not, they weren't just motivated to make him king. They, they were willing to take him by force and make him king. That's how excited they was doing. Bible commentator John MacArthur writes about that, and he says their plan was for him to topple Herod Antipas, to install himself as ruler in his place, and then to oust the hated Roman occupiers. If he did all that, the result would be a welfare state with no sickness and free food for everyone. Sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Such was the state of affairs in Galilee. Now, we know from last week that the apostles had 
been sent out to do ministry. They had been given divine power and authority over And now they have come back. And they are thing that had happened. But as eager as they were to share with Jesus all the exciting things that had happened uh, through them and by them, uh, we have to recognize that they were very exhausted. They had been putting themselves out and burning the candle at both ends, and they're excited to tell, but they're also very tired. Mark chapter 6, verse 31, reports that despite their exhaustion, once they got back with Jesus, there, there was no letting up of the demands of ministry, so much so that Mark says they had no leisure They had no opportunity even to eat. And so this is a very uh, stressful and difficult time. And so Jesus says to them, and this is in Mark, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. Jesus recognized the need after putting themselves out to go and recharge and refresh. Now Jesus' intentions were were very uh, good But we discover that the crowds would have none of it. Mark writes that when the masses learned where Jesus and the disciples were sailing to, they ran ahead and they arrived before they arrived. And as, as the disciples and Jesus stepped out of the boat, they found more people now clamoring for their attention than they had left from the place they had just come from. And that makes me think about this, and it makes me want to ask this question many of you with a show of hands would say, I know what it's like to be peopled out? How many of you have ever experienced being peopled out? Yeah. When we get peopled out, we tend to want to find a place that is, that is quiet and peaceful. And I know from my own experience in doing that, I have found myself wanting to find a place to escape. And I've thought in my mind of a place I could go. But I wonder how many of us have ever left what we thought was a stressful place and we thought oasis only find that the people and the situations waiting on us were greater than the ones we had just left and we realized that if we go into this situation it's going to drop the last drop of life that we have at least that's the way it makes us feel and that is the situation i believe that the disciples were facing along with jesus i wonder how we would react to that How do we respond when we get peopled out? I know for me that if I was in their shoes, I would likely be sighing a whole lot. I would probably be exasperated. I would be probably a little bit perturbed. And I would be asking myself, will this ever end? But truth point uh, number one tells us that no one is escaped from weariness. We all face this in life, weariness of mind, weariness of body, weariness of spirit. And Jesus is not even exempt from this. He became weary. Because the bottom line is this, is that life and ministry will drain you. How many of you can agree with that? It happens. So many things that go on in our lives. And so what we discover is that there are needs for us to to plan in advance, to have times of rest, times that we can get away, times that we can commune with God. But sometimes life becomes so demanding and so stressful that getting away just isn't an option. What do we do then? Well, we do this. We rest then in the sustaining grace of God. And we find that for Jesus and his disciples, solitude and rest was not forthcoming. We see in the text that instead of resenting the call for more self-sacrifice, 
they chose instead to rest in the Father's sustaining grace. Mark chapter 6, verse 34, writes that Jesus had compassion on them. Because as he looked at those people when he landed on the shore, they were like sheep to him who did not have a shepherd. Luke adds in verse 11 that he welcomed them. He didn't turn them away. He didn't stiff on them. But he summoned them. He welcomed them and he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And he even went beyond that to cure those who had need of healing. We find that Jesus in particular despite the demands of ministry and the demands on his time, was a person of compassion. Are you a person of compassion? What does compassion even mean? Well, I've put a definition here. It simply means that we have sympathy for the suffering of others. And at times we even seek to find ways in which we can help them with that. But Jesus was a person of of compassion. On a scale from one to ten, where do you fall out on the compassion scale? You don't have to answer out loud, but just ask yourself, where are you on the compassion scale? Those of you who know my assistant, Julie Danger, knows that on the compassion scale, she pegs it out at 10. And the needle starts shaking like it wants to go to 11 or 12. Whereas I lag behind with a meager four or less, depending on who you're asking. But truth point number two says this, that regardless of our ranking on the compassion scale, all disciples need the ongoing transformation of Jesus so that we can effectively join him in his mission. We all need to be growing in all of the fruit of the Spirit, amen? And we need to grow in this area of compassion. We find here that Jesus' compassion led him to more teaching, more healing, more demonstrations of the realities of the kingdom of God, and we discover that his disciples are right there by his side. Now, we've already determined that they were tired They had been out for weeks ministering, casting out demons, healing disease, preaching the gospel of the kingdom uh, of God. And so we know that they were tired, but but they were compelled by Jesus' compassion. And so we we can certainly understand that they decided on that day to just kind of reach down inside of themselves and and, and to to pull up and to pull out uh, an extra measure of energy so that they would not be left behind but could press forward uh, with their master. But as it occurs so many times when we do something like that, if we do it in the power of the flesh rather than the spirit, um, we find ourselves tapping out very soon. And we find the disciples here in this account tapping out. And so they're tired. They see that the people are tired. They go to Jesus and they simply say, Lord, send the crowd away. Send them away. Let them go to the surrounding villages. Let them go to the countrysides. Let them go and find the resource that they need for themselves. Let them go and find that by themselves. And I can see it. I can see the others, the other disciples electing Peter to be their spokesperson. And I can see Peter coming up to Jesus and just saying, Lord, you know, this is a great day. We've seen so many things happen. In fact, it's been a a great couple of weeks. So many things have happened. But listen, Lord, the people are getting hungry. Uh, The people need food. The people need rest. Uh, Don't you think, Jesus, that it's time to just kind of shut this thing down? Don't you think it's time to let them go? Don't you think it's time for them to find for themselves the things that they need? I wonder if they were as much concerned 
about the people who were there as they were maybe about themselves. We often put that on someone else when it's our problem. But you know, I don't blame them for being that way. It's exactly what I would be doing after touring the countryside, after doing ministry, and now having squeezed the last drops of energy to help Jesus fulfill his compassion for the people. I would be looking for an angle that gets the job done so that I can go home. I'll confess, I've done that before. I've done that here. I'm not proud of it, but it's a reality. And I'm sure that all of you have done it too in some way or another. But we come to the part that is really fascinating, the part that really, I think, communicates the most to us this morning, and that is Jesus' response. To all of that, Jesus said this, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Truth point number three, there is this phrase that gets thrown around, and it gets thrown around pretty glibly, if you ask me, and that phrase is this, God will never give you more than you can handle. How many of you have ever heard that? Uh, How many of you have ever said that? God will never give you more than you can handle. Let me tell you what, that is a sappy lie. I'm not kidding now. It is a sappy, emotional lie. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.